Good morning. We are so glad that you are at Central Church today. Father, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. We know we're supposed to forgive. You've been in Sunday school. You know that. You may not be able to quote the entire Lord's Prayer even, but you know that it says, forgive our debts as we forgive our debtors. You may not be able to go lickety-split to the spot where Jesus was talking about forgiveness, but you, this sounds true and it rings true to Jesus when he said, if your brother or sister sins against you, rebuke them. And if they repent, forgive them. Even if they sin against you seven times in a day, and seven times come to you, and, 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 and seven times in a day, and seven times come back to you and say, I repent. You must, not you should, not you could, you must forgive them. You, you may not exactly go to the exact spot when Peter, Peter, Peter was, was uh, talking to Jesus about this issue and saying, hey, Jesus, you know, how about I heard what you said about if somebody does that seven times in a day, you've got to forgive them seven times. So I'm going to forgive seven times. How's that, Jesus? I'm going to forgive seven times. Is that the number seven? Is that the, the, the key number? You may not be able to quote chapter and verse, but you know what Jesus said. I tell you, not seven times, but 77 times. Some versions say 70 times seven times, whichever it is. The, the number isn't the point. You know, back in, in, in later, 1 Corinthians 13, love chapter, Paul says love keeps no record of wrongs. The number's not the point. Jesus is saying you got to forgive, you got to keep on forgiving. They wrong you, you forgive them. They wrong you again, you forgive them. They wrong you again, you forgive them. Forgive, forgive, forgive. We all know that. The Bible says you, you may have never gone to church before. Maybe this is your first Sunday. Maybe you've never, you at home or, or you who are joined, tuning in. Maybe you've never heard a gospel message before. But I bet you know the Bible says you got to forgive. And immediately after that conversation with Peter about the number, Jesus told an amazing story. It's a wild story, really about a, a guy who owed a, owed a king millions, millions and millions. And he went to the king and he begged him to, 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 to help him, to relieve him. And the king totally wiped out the debt, completely wiped it out. And you've heard this story. You've probably heard it in Sunday school. The guy then proceeds to leave the palace, goes outside, sees a guy that owes him a little bit, maybe 10, 20 bucks. And he goes psycho on him. He starts beating him. He starts telling him he's got to pay him back or he's going to toss him in jail. And one of the king's other servants sees what's going on, tells the king. You remember the story? The king drags the guy back in. He says, you wicked servant. I canceled all that debt of yours because you begged me to. Shouldn't you have had mercy on your fellow servant just as I've had on you? In anger, the master handed him over to the jailers to be tortured until he should pay back all that he owed. He never would be able to pay back all he owed. And Jesus followed that up. said, this is how your heavenly father will treat each of you. Wait a minute, torture? Wait a minute, wait a minute. The worst day of my life? Is that what you're saying? This is the way the, master will, the heavenly father will treat each of you unless you forgive your brother and sister, not with your lips, from your heart. It sounds like Jesus is pretty serious about this forgiveness business. It sounds like he, he is saying, listen, this is, whatever you do, this is what you gotta do. You gotta be forgivers. Well, Jesus said it. 
You know, Jesus said it. That settles it for me. That means that, you know, forgiving is easy. Let's just forgive. It's easy. Jesus did it. We follow after Jesus. It's got to be easy, right? We all know that's not true. When you've been wronged, when you were the victim, when it happened to you, when it happened to your kids, do whatever you want to me. But when you start ha- attacking my kids, uh, watch out. When, when, when you've been hurt so deeply, you can't just flippantly say, I'm sorry, you're forgiven. It's a whole lot easier. In theory, sure, I get it. The Bible says you've got to forgive. In theory, that's a wonderful thing. But you don't know the pains that I've had. You don't, know, you don't know where I've been. You don't know the, the burdens I've been carrying. There's a story in Luke chapter 13. Only Luke tells it. It's a story about a lady who has an encounter with Jesus, and she is forever changed. It, it's a story, really, Pastor Janet prayed it. It's my prayer for you today. She has this encounter for Jesus. She goes to the synagogue like she has gone before, but this time Jesus is teaching, and she has an encounter with Jesus, and she leaves that synagogue a totally different person than the one she came in. That's my prayer for you. My prayer for this day. We've got another 26 minutes in this room. My prayer in the next 26 minutes that you will have an encounter, not with Rob Prince, that you will have an encounter with God Almighty. You sitting at home, I believe that you can have an encounter right there in your car, in your house, in your kitchen, wherever you are at, you can have an encounter with God Almighty right now. And it will forever change your life. The story in Luke 13, here's another disclaimer. Um, Nowhere in the story, our sermon series, I'm sorry, you're forgiven. Nowhere in the story does it say, I'm sorry, or you're forgiven. In fact, that's not the issue at all. Maybe. But I I think there's some points that will help us today. I think there's some, there's some things in this story that will help those of us who've been carrying around a burden of unforgiven situations and stories and circumstances and worries and regrets and fears. I think there's some truth in here for us. So, okay, Luke 13, verse 10, says this. On the Sabbath, Jesus was teaching in one of the synagogues and a woman was there who had been crippled by a spirit for 18 years. When Jesus saw her, he called her forward and said to her, Woman, you are set free from your infirmity. Then he put his hands on her and immediately she straightened up and praised God. Woohoo! Hooray, hooray. Jesus works a miracle and she is forever changed. Hooray, hooray, hooray. You're probably wondering about my bag of rocks. What in the world am I doing carrying this? It's heavy. It's not just full of paper. It's... There's real rocks in there. Big rocks, small rocks, lots of rocks. It's heavy. It's, it's starting to hurt my back. I did this in the first service, too. This lady had this burden. The Bible says that a spirit had done this. So it, it doesn't sound like she had arthritis. Maybe she did. You know, in the first century, they didn't know. Dr. Luke, the guy writing this, is a doctor, but he didn't go to med school. You know, and so they, they, they didn't always diagnose things as we would diagnose them. So we don't know for sure what happened, but it doesn't sound like she fell out of a tree and hurt her back. 
It doesn't sound like she needs to call Lee Free, you know. He gave me a check for $600,000. I don't think that's I don't think that's what's going on here. Maybe, maybe, you know, if there was a rheumatologist, they would have diagnosed her with something. But the way Luke describes it is a spirit kept her bound for 18 years. I've known people who've been bound by circumstances by horrible stories that have happened in their life. They've been entwined by that. They've been captive by that. They've been haunted by that for a lot longer than 18 years. Well, Jesus sees this lady. And immediately, he just teach him. And it sounds like, you know, she comes hunched back over into the service. Jesus sees her. And immediately stops whatever he was teaching, calls her forward, and heals her. Now, you know, you know, you've been in Sunday school enough, you know, that's a big no-no to the religious, you know, grand poobahs who are around. And so the synagogue ruler gets all upset because, Jesus, why couldn't you do this on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday? Why'd you have to heal her on the Sabbath? You know, you're breaking the law on the Sabbath. And so Jesus goes nose to nose with the synagogue ruler and his people. I didn't read verse 16. But verse 16 says this. Jesus is speaking to the synagogue ruler. He says, Then should not this woman, a daughter of Abraham, she's one of you, your people. She's not a foreigner. She's not from someplace else. She's a daughter of Abraham. She's one of us. Whom Satan has kept bound for 18 long years. Be set free on the Sabbath day from what bound her? And the answer to Jesus' rhetorical question is, Of course. Of course she should be healed today. Are you kidding me? I, could Jesus have found her on, on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday? Of course he could have. He's Jesus. Could he have done it then? Of course he could. But he saw her and he immediately, immediately, right then, right there, was the answer to her prayers. Two things from that 16th verse that I want you to notice that Jesus said. The first thing is the way he describes her infirmity. He says she was bound by Satan. Doesn't sound like arthritis, does it? Doesn't sound like she fell out of a tree. Sounds like something happened in her life. And Satan kept her bound. See, I I, I believe that, that, that that can happen. It brings to mind Paul's words in, in Ephesians chapter 6. Where he says, finally, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against rulers, against authorities, against powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of the evil in the heavenly realms. It sounds, Jesus, Jesus is the one that said it. Satan has her bound. Now listen. I don't believe Satan is hanging behind every bush. I don't believe everything that happens to you is a result of Satan. I, I don't think that, 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 that Satan is certainly not as powerful as God. He's not omniscient. He's not omnipotent. None of those things. Come on, let's be serious. But I believe Satan can bind you. And I believe one of his schemes, bound by Satan's schemes, is when we hold on to unforgiven situations and circumstances I was right I don't have to say I'm sorry I was right I'm not gonna say I'm sorry 
bound by Satan's schemes. I will never forgive that person. Do you know what they did to me? I will never forgive them. They could, they could crawl on their hands and knees on glass, and I still won't forgive them. Never! Bound by Satan's schemes. The second thing I need you to notice in this story is that Jesus, Jesus points out this has been going on for 18 long years. 18 long years. And if you've ever been carrying around a burden, whether it's, I've been doing this, I've been carrying this for what, 18 minutes? I'm tired of it already. She's doing it for 18 years. 18 years was 2003. Where were you in 2003? 2003, the United States went to war against Iraq. In 2003, we captured Saddam Hussein. Remember the picture of him coming out of the hole, his hair is all disheveled. 2003, uh, Finding Nemo was released. I think that was right. In 2003, gas cost a buck 83. Hasn't changed a whole lot. In 2003, uh, Lance Armstrong won the, his fifth Tour de France. That was before we knew that he was using drugs. 2003, as four years before the iPhone was introduced. <laughs> it seems like that's been going on forever. 2003, you're a teenager. You weren't, even, you weren't even a twinkle in your mama's eyes, 2003. It's a long time. And you know what? I've known people who've been carrying burdens say 18 years, pff, that's nothing. Try a lifetime. See, there's some similarities between that lady and us. And the first thing, the first observation that I'd like to make in us, I don't know what caused her to be hunched over for 18 years, spirit. Satan had her bound. But I know people who've been bound by, by burdens that they've been carrying. Sometimes, sometimes some of those things are, are small. All of, us have, all of us are carrying around a sack. You know, maybe it's just small things. Maybe it's easy. It's not that big a deal. All of us have, have, have things that have happened in our life. Of course we have. But they're little. Somebody cuts you off on the highway. Big deal. You'll get over it. Somebody cuts in line at Walmart. Don't they teach them any manners? You know, somebody does this or that. If you're old and crotchety, hey, get off my lawn, kids. You know, something. Who cares? But then some things are bigger. Some of us are carrying around some bigger stones. Things like, I don't know, we were bullied in school, called names. Maybe the boss overlooked you for that promotion that you, you, you should have had. Maybe the coach picked someone else to play second base. Maybe, maybe, maybe the band director picked someone else to, to lead the solo. You were better. You should have, it should have been you. And some of our stones are even bigger yet. Some of them are circumstances that happened, you know, when we were kids. Maybe a parent left us. Just gone. Maybe a spouse. Maybe a spouse who promised to, to be there for better or for worse. Sickness and health till death do us part. Didn't take long to break that one. And you've been carrying around that burden, that rock, for years and years and years. And maybe, 
Maybe, maybe the rock is so big, I couldn't even carry it. Maybe it's one of those circumstances that, that, you, that happened to you where you were the victim, you were wronged, you, were, you had no part of it, and it has been with you for years and years, and you're carrying it around. Full disclosure, this is fake. The real ones, we went, we went out, we wanted to use one of the real big boulders that we have in the parking lot. And, and our two guys, they couldn't, they couldn't, here's my mask, it's, hold, it's falling around. Um, eh, they couldn't move it, they couldn't budget. We called, we called Brian Heike, he said, of course not, it weighs 800 pounds. And so, here we go. But you get the idea. Something so big, so horrible, so awful. You can't escape it. It is, it, is, it is there. We all carry a sack. The problem is, none of us want it. Do you want this to be in your life? Of course not, we would say. Do you want it to be hunched over, lady, for 18 years? Of course not, she would say. The problem is, with the burdens that we carry, sometimes we just don't know how to get rid of them. And so sometimes we think, all right, I know what to do. I'm just going to, I'll work, I'll work, I'll work, I'll make money. I'll, I'll, I'll enjoy all the things that life can offer. I'll get all these great toys and it'll make me forget all these terrible things that have happened in my life. And so we work and we work and we work 60, 70 hours a week. We get all the toys that we could want. But at the end of the day, guess what? Still there. So, so we hear about a place that has happy hour. Well, that sounds like that would be the right place to go. And so we go and we sit on a stool and the music is loud and we drink a few and, and, and our head gets lighter. But at the end of the night, guess what? Guess what we have to take home? That same bag of bundle of garbage. So we go to a therapist. And this is not an anti-therapist sermon, please hear that. I'm a psychology major for crying out loud. But you talk to any therapist and they'll tell you they've had people that have come to them that have taken their bags and they put them at their feet and they describe every one of the things that have happened in their life and they've gone over it and over it and instead of leaving it and going on and moving forward, they pick it up at the end of the session and they take it home with them. You could try church. You, you come to church and do it. You can, you, that, that's got to help, right? And you put your sack on the altar. That's what we say to do. Just put your sack on the altar. Leave it there. And, and, and that's where it'll be. And people have come and they've done that and they've left it there. I don't know what happens. They must have a key to the church. Because somehow they've slipped in and they've come up to the altar and they've grabbed that sack back and they started carrying it all over again. And it happens time after time after time, and that sack is still with them wherever they go. And their burden is, no wonder they're hunched over, no wonder they're miserable. They've been carrying around this load, they've been carrying around this rock for years. No wonder things don't seem right. How can you say, I'm sorry, when you're caring and you're worried and you're miserable? How can you say you're, you're forgiven when this weight is on you day after day after day. We all have a, have a sack. Not all of us have the same weight in that sack. 
The second observation from the story is when Jesus sees the lady, he immediately calls her forward. Verse 12, when Jesus saw her, he called her forward and he said to her, woman, you are set free from your infirmity. That word infirmity, it's an interesting word, Greek word. It means weakness. It really, it conveys the idea of, of having a, a, a circumstance that you can't fix. It's something out of your control to fix. You can't on your own come to a remedy. That's what that word is inferring. It conveys an idea of a want to change, a willingness to change, a, a, a heart to change, a desire to change, but an inability to do that change. So the second observation is Jesus sees that in us. He sees our backs. He sees our burdens. He sees that thing that we've been carrying around. He knows what it is. He knows where it's at. Listen. Do, do this. Here's your homework assignment. Go home today and find in your Bible a place where someone needed the grace of God. Someone needed God to, 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 to step in and, and bring healing and help where God refused to do it. Instead of offering help, instead of uh, uh, lightening the load, instead of taking that burden, added another stone of regret or, or rejection to the bag. Go home and find that story. Don't waste your time. There is no story like that. Why? Because every time someone comes to God Almighty seeking grace, guess what? In the Bible, every single time they get it. Every time they get it. All of us, those of you who have said that your sins have been forgiven, you're, you're the guy, you're the millionaire in the king's story who's been forgiven so much. That's me. I've been forgiven. Isn't it amazing, God's grace? That's what we sing. It's amazing grace. It's Peter, three-time denier Peter. It's the, the woman caught in adultery. It's, it's that crooked Zacchaeus tax collector. It's the thief on the cross for crying out loud, Jesus, remember me. Listen, I'll do better than that. Today you're going to be with me. He didn't do a thing, but guess what? He got grace. You knew I was going to say this verse at some point in the sermon, so I better say it now before I forget. What did Jesus say? Come to me, all you who are carrying a big old bag of rocks and are burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your weary souls, for my yoke is easy. And my burden is light. Can I suggest to you that some of you have come to church and left your burden at church and you need to take it to Jesus? It isn't about church, it's about Jesus. And when we take our burden, Jesus who sees our infirmity, our want to change, our desire to change, our inability to change, when he sees us, guess what? Jesus wants to lift the burden. That's the third observation. Jesus wants to lift the burden. When he saw the lady immediately, the Bible says in verse 13, immediately she straightened up and praised God. I don't know exactly what happened. He touched her. I don't know if she felt something in her. I don't know what happened, but she lifted up. If it was a, 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 a bag of rocks, she lifted up. She tossed that bag aside, and she said, Thank God Almighty, I'm free. I don't have to carry that burden any longer. I'm free. I'm free. Praise God, I'm free. Oh, I want that for you. 
I heard of a pastor who was counseling a lady in his church. She had been divorced years before and was just so angry and bitter. It was a terrible divorce. And she went to all those divorce recovery session groups for years. And she would just spew all this hatred. Her ex did this, her ex did that. He was so terrible. And the pastor was meeting with her and he said, listen, why, why do you continue to go to those groups? It doesn't seem like you've, you've changed all these years. This was years ago, and it seems like you're still there. You're still so bitter and angry. And in a moment of honesty, you know what that lady said? She said, it's the only story I've got. Listen, sometimes... We need to write the end at some of those horrible stories in our life and not let them be a burden to us any longer. Sometimes the end sounds like I'm sorry. And sometimes the end sounds like you're forgiven. But we need to, we need to put those things behind us. Jesus immediately called that woman forward and she came and he touched her and she left different than what she came. I think, I think that lady had a choice. Jesus saw her all hunched over in the back of the room and called her forward. I think she could have said, no, thank you. I don't want to go in front of everybody. Are you kidding me? She could have said, sorry, not today. It's a Sabbath. No, don't want to break the Sabbath. She could have stayed where she was, and if she had, well, that story would never have been told by Luke, and she never, ever would have been free from her burden. I'm asking you today to give those burdens and those worries and those fears and those regrets and those troubles to Jesus. The band is going to sing a song, and it's simply about laying our burdens down and giving them over to Jesus and, and, and seeing him work in our lives. It begins by, by being honest. There's a burden I've been carrying 18 years. That's nothing. And it begins by saying, Lord, I can't, I can't carry this and I can't get rid of this on my own. I've tried. It doesn't work. I need you to work in my life.